This podcast was prepared, conducted, and hosted by the History Out of the Box team in their personal capacity. This podcast is meant for listening entertainment, and any views, ideas, or opinions, historical or otherwise, may not extend past the boundaries of this podcast. Conversations or specific comments on behalf of the hosts and guests are for entertainment purposes only. And due to language and potentially offensive topics, listener discretion is advised. I'm Lewis, and I'm Clark. We're two real big old European farts. We like adventures and sharks. You can't stop us from living large. That's cause we're the boss. Hiking and trucking all across the United States. We're lost. Somebody ate our map and now we're lost. I'm Lewis. Wait, wait, what's that fuck? Some, somebody ate our map? Now we're like super lost? Wait, 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 wait. This is, this is not good news, Clark. This is, this is terrible, terrible terrible news what who was it was it the sharks they were our friends we brought them for a reason they were for protection why, why would they eat our map this is unfortunate unfortunate lewis like we're really screwed in the middle of nowhere lots of mouths to feed in specific context 31 grown men who are hungry and probably in need of some comfort why didn't you tell me clock in a detailed memo this morning before we started singing that someone something the sharks maybe ate our map that seems a tad irresponsible to leave that valuable information out of our magical morning meetings this puts a damper on the entire mood today like a serious damper this is terrible 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 wait do you hear that do you hear that clock i do lewis what's that sound I'm Sacagawea, and I'm here to save you from the rabid deer. And that's all I wrote. That's literally all I wrote. I, that's all. That's all I wrote. Valiant effort oh, was, once again. That uh, was fantastic. Yeah. Happy Native American Heritage Month. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that was great. That was great. It, it, out of context, the real story doesn't involve anyone eating a map, but I did appreciate. Well, they brought the, the whole. They they brought sharks. Of course, they brought sharks. Everyone that was, knows. That they brought sharks yeah. on the famous Lewis and Clark expedition. Well, thank you for that that uh, very very nice intro. Much appreciated. That was a good one. I quite like the song actually. Yeah, it it, uh, it it's timeless. It's you know what's funny is I had a very similar song that I had to sing when I was in elementary school about Lewis and Clark, and it had a similar. I'm Cam. And you're Jen. Oh. And welcome to the 18th episode of History Out of the Box. I was getting a little ahead of myself. Hi, I'm Jen. And I'm Cam. And we are your lovely hosts. This is the 18th episode. We are finally, 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 finally done with spooky people. Oh, yeah. I'm tired and I'm old. I've aged terribly let me just say the last three episodes we did were were um not our favorites to go over but they were still fun they were fun yeah and honestly really happy with the support by the way super stoked the people like our stuff super super cool um 
and I was going to shout somebody out and I totally forgot who I was going to shout out because, uh, you know what? No, I need to do this. So go ahead and riff. But as far as I can tell, by the way, we are the only history podcast that connects our listeners with the ghosts of their collective past. We are not experts or historians. Please take that into context. This is we're just having fun here. Purely for fun and -hmm. history. I really suggest if we talk about anyone you're interested in to deep dive yes. because we live in a beautiful, beautiful world and the 2020s is specifically 2022 at this time, but there is information available at your fingertips. So let this just be the beginning of the deep dive that awaits you on your computer later today when you want to learn all you can about our next topic. Are you excited? I did mention that it is uh, is currently, we're a couple days into November, but yes. it is uh, Amer- Native American Heritage Month. And with that being said, I have something very nice to say to one of the people who was very nice to us and said something quite nice. Uh, the Sleepy Hylian, hopefully I said that correctly. Thank you for your wonderful comment. We appreciate you. We do. Thank you. Much appreciated. Namaste. But we are going to do a bit of a um, different brand of person. We've been kind of launching into spooky stuff over the past October. This isn't supposed to be like a scary uh, or um, maybe controversial type of person. So we're excited to do this. I'm I'm particularly excited because... Who are we talking about? We are talking. I didn't know from the intro. I had no idea. So who is it that we're speaking of? We are not Lewis, not Clark. We are doing an episode today on Sacagawea, which some of you might be saying, are you pronouncing that right? Well, we'll talk about that. Some of you might know her as Sacagawea or maybe even Sacagawea. There are several different pronunciations, but I will also clarify why I'm calling her Sacagawea. Well, you know, we, all of us here in uh, America, like to make English the most difficult possible. We like to complicate things. Yeah, there's seven different definitional terms for everything, and everything's spelled the same, backwards and forwards. Right. Now, this woman famously helped assist the Meriwether Lewis and Clark expedition, the westward expansion that let... or expedition that led to the westward expansion of the United States from west of the Mississippi River to the Pacific Coast. And she was largely an interpreter for the expedition. Mm. She did help guide, but it wasn't necessarily the way it's been depicted in a lot of cultural normal things, especially maybe what you may have been taught in elementary school may have been a little bit of a stretch truth. You mean we're not taught exactly how it occurs? No, you know, it's I mentioned also a little bit ago when I was in elementary school, we had I think it was maybe in my fifth grade or sixth grade, fifth grade class. We had this school wide thing. This would have been in the you know early 2000s or whenever. Mm. And we had a whole um, like musical that we had a to put on. Rendition. We didn't have a choice. We had to do it. It was oh, like funny. part of our thing. It wasn't like a, a school play that we auditioned for. We were all part of it. And then a couple people were main characters. You got to indoctrinate the children into listening. Well, we did a, a whole thing when the parents came and they watched us sing about this expedition, the Lewis and Clark expedition. And I remember very particularly there was a you song. You're going to do this. You're I don't have it. to do it. But you can it, do it. No, go ahead. Why not? I sang. The, it might be. Com- I don't know if this was a common thing in a lot of elementary uh, schools. Was this copyrighted? Yeah, exactly. I don't want to. Mm. 
but it had like a bit of a melody and it was all about Lewis and Clark. And I remember there was a whole line in the main song about Sacagawea. We pronounced it Sacagawea in the song. Uh, but yeah, she's a, she is a notable figure. You probably have heard of her before. So I'm excited. I was really excited to, to good. research this yeah, one. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm excited that we're no longer talking about some people. So let's never... <laughs> well, she is yeah. definitely a notable woman in American history, Native American history. Mm-hmm. She is largely responsible for a lot. I mean, you and I grew up in Southern California on the West Coast of the United States. And we can largely thank that to being able to come yeah. out here. Yeah. Um, but... We must give our thanks to Sakakawea and everything that she did. But there are a lot of facts. Like I said, there are a lot of legends. There's a lot of stretched truth. Mm. And I'm going to do my best. And you too, with your help. I, I'm purely here for entertainment. To dive just, yeah. into the life of one of the most famous Native American women, explorers, and an honorary army general, or army sergeant, better yet, for the United States, yeah. Sakagawea. Are you ready? Yeah, I mean, you say sing, and I say about sharks and Lewis and Clark, and yeah. that's basically my job here. So I have some bad news, though. There are no, there were no Lewis and Clark. It was just sharks. Unfortunately, just no, no, it. no, that's not it. There's unfortunately no further mention of sharks mm. in this telling. Had to bring it. Had to bring life. it into the intro. Let's go ahead and get down to brass tacks. Brass tacks. All right. Here we go. Born likely, likely, in the year of 1788 or 1789, again, we aren't 100% sure, it was in a place that we would now recognize as the Idaho and Montana border. Sacagawea was part of the Lemhi Shoshone, a Native American tribe. I don't know if that music worked with it. If you have like a beautiful nature sound. sad music. Because how beautiful is the Idaho-Montana border? That whole area. Yeah, no, go ahead. I'll I'll do the, I'll do the. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Wow, you hear that? That's a. Oh, eagle. It's a hawk. No, no, no. Eagles (laughs) are like a weird chirp. Go ahead. Continue. Again, the Shoshone tribe Mm -hmm. in uh, what would be modern day Idaho, Montana. That's a pigeon. A pigeon. Yeah, keep going. Keep going. Yeah, you know, wolves were out there. They still uh, are. Yeah, well, well wait, 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 do we have? Do yeah. we have a wolf sound? Do, do you have a wolf we... sound? Oh, my God. There we go. Wow, ambience. Okay, here we go. That's good. Her Very name nice. either meant bird woman mm. as Sakaga, that meant bird, way means woman in Hidasa, or as the Shoshone tribe maintains, her name means boat launcher. And there's a reason why there's a difference, and we'll get to that in a second, with the Hidasa and the Shoshone pronunciations or what it meant. But the former, they pronounce it Sacagawea, the way I've been pronouncing it, and the latter pronounces it Sacagawea, hmm. which is, I would argue, probably the most popularized way, at least when, when we were younger, that was how I learned how to pronounce it at the time. Um Generally, the Lewis and Clark journals, they actually support the Hidasa spelling, Hidatsa, which is another tribe. They generally spell it and pronounce it that way. So I'm going to stick with that for now, but fully know this can be a point of contention, especially with historians, um, Sacagawea, Sacagawea, and then there's also Sacagawea, (laughs) which is another way to pronounce it. Eh, The experts 
you're not, yeah, all. you're not a, you're not an expert. In no, that. no, no, totally fine. So we're gonna we're gonna pronounce it Sacagawea. Yep, just the way you would pronounce it if you were learning how to pronounce things. All right, because the Lewis and Clark Journal pronounced it this way. Oh, I uh, already said that, so we're gonna okay. keep going. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. See, you're just, just you're getting wrapped up in the history. Come on, I am. Just, I'm just so excited. I want to I want to keep pronouncing her name, yeah, but we're good. Anyway, it's okay. Not much is confirmed about her childhood other than where she was raised. However, when she was around 12 years old in 1800, the gun owning Hidatsa tribe, which was an enemy tribe of the Shoshone. They actually captured Sacagawea. Oh my goodness. See, I'm reverting back to my childhood. It's indoctrination. It's I fine. know. So much indoctrination. I'm here for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm here for you. I think that, you know, you, it's okay if you pronounce it Listen, wrong. Listen. Wait, wait, wait. I, just wait. It's okay if you don't say it right. I'm doing my we, best here. We, this is... Last time I checked, I was let go from history.com. I never worked for them. <laughs> I was let go for making that beautiful song about Lewis and Clark. And I met you and we created this in our spare time. Listen, I have in a, order to I, entertain people. I have a public school education and I went to public school elementary school yeah, blame, in the in the 90s and in the early 2000s. Blame the government. I'm going to blame the government for this. Blame the government. Yeah, that's right. Sacagawea. Yes. Okay. So the gun-owning Hidasa tribe, which was an enemy tribe of the Shoshone, mm-hmm. they actually captured Sacagawea and several other children near the headwaters of the Missouri River during a buffalo hunt. And they took them back to their land in what is present-day Bismarck, North Dakota. Mm. So if you've ever been in North Dakota, that sort of area. They actually called this place the knife... Well, this is a English translation, of course, but the Knife River Earth Lodge Villages. Mm. So that's where... She went, or she didn't go, she got taken and uh, kidnapped, essentially. Funny how that works in history, where people just at a certain point in time, in almost every single circumstance, prior to like 250 years ago, where they were just taken. Yeah, yeah. Just taken. It's 12 years old. Yikes. Gets worse. At 13, she was then purchased and married off as the new property and wife of the French-Canadian trader Toussaint Charbonneau. That is my best attempt at a French pronunciation of his name. It probably was very American, but I tried. Toussaint Charbonneau. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. At least I didn't say that. Yep. Toussaint Charbonneau, mm-hmm. who lived among the Hidatsa in a village called the Metaharta. And Charbonneau was born no later than 1767. So you can kind of do the math. He was at least two decades her senior. Yeah. She's 13. Yeah. Yeah. He was a big fan of polygamy, which was custom among the tribes that he lived among. Uh, So she became his second wife, actually. His other wife was another young Shoshone girl, and her name, from what I could find, was Otter Woman. That's probably just the the translation of it. Just like she was. No record at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I couldn't couldn't find the name of Mm. the. But that also plays into things later. We'll talk about that. Mm. But yeah, so she was the second wife of Mr. Charbonneau. But let's sidetrack for a second so we can sort of set the scene, right? So she's 13. But meanwhile, in 1803, President Thomas Jefferson had purchased the Western Territory from France because France took it first. Mm. (laughs) They just took it. (laughs) Wait, they did things bad too? Yeah. It seems like there was a a lot of uh, 
interesting stuff going on at the mm, time. Interesting. But they uh, purchased uh, from France approximately 828,000 square miles of unexplored territory. So they didn't even really just take it. France just kind of sold it, even though they hadn't mm. explored a lot of Adam. Yeah, well, that's for another podcast, maybe, <laughs> to, to tackle that topic. But he had hoped, Thomas Jefferson did, that it would unveil the rumored Northwest Passage. This would be a waterway that would connect the Atlantic and the Pacific Oceans, which would be extremely valuable, create a trade route. And that's when Jefferson, 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 he decided to hire Virginia's Meriwether Lewis, who was 29 years old at the time, and his friend and former military superior frontiersman William Clark, who was 33 years old at the time. Hmm. Can you imagine? Uh, That's quite... No. Yeah, it's I quite, couldn't, quite, actually. Quite. I could imagine, but I would not be accurate in any way. I mean, look at the intro that I, I gave. I used it to think like that was... like a summer camp. I, yeah. I used to think that was, like, somehow old and... I mean, historically, yeah, it is. I'm, based, I'm aged. <laughs> you are. I'm aged now, so, I mean, old man. technically, yeah. Well, they were hired by Thomas Jefferson to explore the boundaries of the Louisiana Purchase, by the way, if I didn't say this yet. This was called the Louisiana Purchase. And to take this setting and develop the setting of the famous show Yellowstone that does not mention in any point that France had sold this to the United States. I mean, European colonizers, France falls in that line. Yeah, they do. Never mentioned it directly. <laughs> it's always broad. Well, together with 40 men and three boats, the party set off from the Missouri River to explore. And they were to survey the landscape they were to study the local Native American tribes, chart maps, and collect natural specimens that would find along the way. Mm. Let's hope everything goes well. Well, we do know what happens. <laughs> Spoiler shark, alert, sharks, it turned out okay. The sharks ate the map, so it was not good. That is, unfortunately, a fabrication of this podcast. We completely made that up. There were no sharks involved. It was real. <laughs> but, okay, so that went on 1803. Yeah. Let's bring these two stories together. In the cold winter months of 1804 and 1805, the Lewis and Clark expedition, which was also known then as the Corps of Discovery, they Co built... Core. Core. Sorry. It's okay. Core of Discovery. It could have been worse. I could have pronounced Discovery wrong, and then that would have been really embarrassing. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> we, hey, hey, hey. I hey, get... Hey, I get, hey, 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 hey. Uh-oh. We have the mics here. You have the mouse. There we go. The power is here. The mic. It controls us both. Yeah. It's Just more saying, fun like, that way. Yeah. It's okay. Go ahead. They built an encampment that was named Fort Mandan, which was kind of like a, I don't know. It seems like something like a name I would make up if I was like writing a story and that's like the first thing I could come up with. I don't know. For Man some reason. Mandan. Mandan. But this was near the Hidatsa Mandan villages. This is probably the area. That's probably why they called it that. But this is where a six-month pregnant Sacagawea was living with her French husband, Mr. Charbonneau. Remember, she's 15. two decades she's at least. She's 15. Yeah. Yeah. It was about 60 miles northwest again of present-day Bismarck, North Dakota. And Charbonneau caught wind of the expedition, and he offered his services to Lewis and Clark. He told them that he would love to be hired as a guide and an interpreter, as he knew not only the Hidatsa language, but also the sign languages that were common among lots of Native American tribes in the area. 
But also, he happened to have a little wifey who was originally Shoshone, and she would be open to helping the group negotiate for extra horses when it was time to cross the Rockies, and he couldn't speak the language of the Shoshone, so they kind of needed her there. And Lewis and Clark were sold. There you go. Charbonneau was hired, and he could also bring his very pregnant wife, Sakagawea, along for the ride. Or, well, maybe they should just wait for her to have the baby, but she was welcome to be no, there. No, they didn't They didn't do that back then. They didn't wait for anything. They actually did. Oh, good. They did, that. they did that back then. They waited for things, just like most just, people do. She was, she was very pregnant, so yeah. they didn't have to wait too long. Yeah, it's, it's, it, you know what's funny is the interesting thing to me about all this is when you read about history, be it, you know, Mr. Crowley or Sacagawea, people don't really change a lot over the years. They just kind of stay the same in a lot of ways, not comparing Sacagawea to Crowley. I'm just pointing out the fact that these, I made a, a, a very, very funny joke two seconds ago about how they didn't wait for anything that turned out to be false because yeah. I made an assumption. You did. Yeah. You know what they say about assumptions. Makes an ass out of you and me. There you go. Ha mm. ha ha. What a boomer joke that was. It's true. Anyway, True. boomer jokes aside. But they did wait. They did wait for her to have a baby. And on February 11th, 1805, Sacagawea gave birth to her son that she named Jean-Baptiste Charbonneau. Apparently, the way to say that is with the P silent. But, you know, in my American way to say it, it's you want to say Jean-Baptiste. Baptiste. Baptiste. Quickly, the little tyke was nicknamed Pomp by Clark, which Why? I thank you, Clark, because now I can pronounce Pomp correctly. <laughs> Interesting. Pomp meant firstborn in Shoshone. Oh. That's why he called him that. Sacagawea, about 17 years old at this point. 17 years old. They made, they made, people were made different. They were built different. They were built. They were built different, um, dog. Um, built different. That's yeah, they Sacagawea. were built like crushing an egg. Yeah, yeah, I got the joke. They were they're built different back then. Seventeen years old and early thirties. I don't know how. Well, besides Charbonneau being in his fifties and being weird, um, mm. yeah, very young. Yeah, like what a what a life to live when you. I mean, when I was seventeen, I was the biggest idiot on the planet. Look, I can't even imagine. I ventured with you into Yellowstone. Just yeah. a few months ago. That's true. We did not would not be able to live out there. Oh no, I would myself. perish almost immediately. And here's the funny: but they thing. didn't go through Yellowstone. You realize that? Well, right? No, it's same difference. Same. It's all wilderness. Here's the funny thing: I say that. I say that without any shame, because anyone who's listening or watching wouldn't be able to survive either. You ever watch Alone? <laughs> These guys are experts. The guy they come in, they come in, and it's just like, my name's Charles, and I spend most of my days hunting bear bear that attack human beings and when i run out of ammunition or arrows that i use to hunt the bear and protect you know citizens up in northern alaska i use my hands to box the bear the bear and i box and those bears tell you what they've got a mean left hook but i'm 60 and oh it's like it, like he lasts a week i know and then he's like bawling his face off and crying he's like the water is not being his name Charles, right? Charles. <laughs> I stop my toe and I have to leave the island. Like it's it's literally like that. Now yeah. I love watching it, but I understand like I would last 15 minutes. <laughs> no, I I'd know. go out there. I'd go out there and I'd be like, what's his name from that one movie where he left? He was just like, I don't want to live in society anymore. And then he just kind of into the wild. He just leaves. Oh, yeah. I, would, I would be on the path, like 10 feet down the path. Like I'm, I'm, I'm I just the candles. 
Yeah, I jest, I but but I jest, but I, like literally 15 minutes later, down the path, got my backpack, eating poison berries. Yeah. Gone, dead. I know I wouldn't last very long. Which, you'd so be that's looking, why, yeah, you'd be frap. Where's my frap? Where's my, frap. Pumpkin, where's my pumpkin spice latte? There we go. Yeah. That's more my style. <laughs> oh, pumpkin spice. Ah! I need a coffee. Yeah. Oh, does anyone have any creamer for this coffee? Yeah, you're just sitting there just, ah, pumpkin spice. What? 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 Wait, no, that's not pumpkin spice. No. Like it would be like that. It's okay. I'd be the same way because those things are delicious. But anyway, I just think she's so awesome. She hasn't even like done a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about she's yet. 17. But she's so awesome. She's had a baby, and she's now about to lead a group of thirty or so men who have experience in murder. Well, remember, she's not leading them. Well, she's quite got the way that it's depicted. She's but yes, helping. I'm only just trying to make a point that I'll circle back it's to fair, later. But I yes, um, just the fact that she's the only woman in this group and she's got her little baby, her little infant baby boy yeah. strapped to her chest and joined with her weird 30. I, yeah. Not thirty-five year so. old, much older Mid, husband like 50, yeah. that bought her, yeah. <laughs> with her. Um, but My, they left. Yeah, they, yeah. It's we'll, okay. we'll breeze whoosh, right over that. Yeah, one. yeah, right. Yeah, they left Fort Mandan on April seventh, eighteen o five, and out of the now thirty-one men in the group, she was the only woman when they left the area. So, mm. yeah. I mean, look, I would, I would. Uh, this may sound a bit well misandrous, but I wouldn't want to be. The only woman in a group like that. No, that's not really. Miss I wouldn't want to. No, it's I'd, I'd feel bad for a guy that's no, alone with thirty-one that, no, women on Miss an Miss Andrus would be like she would be able to go out by herself with no help. She probably could, but also she would be able to go out with no help. And I hate men. That would be Miss Andrus. So I mean, it's it's, and honestly, look. The Yes Queen movement long time ago got real happy with Sacagawea, and they put her. She, she, I got. I jumped on the bandwagon. And I misinterpreted. Well, well she's we'll equally important, but I'm not sure why they couldn't just say it as it as it is. Apparently, well, we'll get we'll get to all yeah, that. We'll get okay. to all that. I'm so excited to talk about her. Well, I, I think she's so awesome. But, expedition right. began. Yes, it began. Baby in tow. Baby in tow. And thirty or so other babies also in tow. Right now, Sacagawea was not yet a quote guide okay she was more of a translator at this point but she was very knowledgeable in the languages of the local tribes particularly the shoshone and the hidasa languages of course as her husband had said but she was also very skilled at finding edible plants at replenishing the rations for the crew obviously needed because the bunch of men and they need to eat oh i know nothing worse than a grumpy oh. actually no a grumpy woman pretty bad <laughs> no i, I know both are kidding. equally bad in different ways yes. uh, but believe me i know i know the importance i played red how dead. about a grumpy human yeah i played Not my, good. doesn't matter who cares i played red dead so i know i <laughs> right. know what's going on she would gather food by using sharp sticks to dig up wild licorice prairie turnips and wild Wait. artichokes which these people many of them probably were you know ignorant to being even available to them i had no earthly idea that licorice was a plant well, um, it doesn't show up looking like Twizzlers. No, I understand. It's It now makes sense. It's like rose petal flavor. The flavor, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Now, each crew member was valuable in the sense that they were all hired for very specific reasons. Blacksmithing, woodworking, hunting, etc. And with Sacagawea, it was no different. It was also no small helpfulness that when other tribes encountered the group, it was a sign of trustworthiness in most of their eyes that a Native American woman 
was being well taken care of by the group and traveling with them, which is kind of priceless. Think about it. If there's a bunch of men traveling in a place where, you know, they may only have been recognized as either being unwelcome, unfriendly, or just no, I want to protect my people from this unknown. It's a huge thing that they were even able to safely go anywhere because Sakagawe was even just present in the group. But she was also traveling with a baby and, uh, Traveling with a small child is difficult, but it does make the group look less menacing. Like, oh, this is a group of men, but they have Ch- a ch- woman and a child with them, which children are they're a protecting. Tool. They're a tool, okay? <laughs> right. We use them to hide behind our real intention. Mm. Okay. That's I'll, one way to put it. I'll ominously leave it at that, <laughs> whatever that means. She loved to make moccasins and other articles of clothing for the group, which while hiking through the wilderness was obviously extremely helpful. I mean, here's the thing. I think about moccasins and I'm like, the moccasins that she made were probably a thousand times better than the moccasins you can go pick up at Nordstrom today. The um, mask. You think so? Because those things fall apart immediately. I'm not sure. I don't want to make any, like, I don't want to make any judgments. Obviously, I mean, you spend about a thousand dollars on moccasins. They're going to be nice moccasins. I'm not talking so, about a thousand dollar moccasins. Okay, you're talking about like the cheap. I'm talking about the 25, not 20, 25% off $50 moccasins that you can That's get your problem. with the yeah. Black Friday sale. No. Yeah. Sakagawea's moccasins. Her moccasins be, were probably like yeah. awesome. But despite all of this, remember that Mr. Charbonneau, her husband, was the only one receiving any financial compensation for any of the work on this expedition. Sakagawea being his property and wife and a woman, no payment. Look, okay. Again, I'm going to clarify this. This uh, this show is meant to try and paint unless we have a bias, which in some episodes we do. And uh, surprise, I'm not a robot. I'm human. Um, didn't. I think I had to say that I did apologize in episode one, the original chat, and I told you I'd never do it again. So uh, yeah, no apologies here. With that being said, um, easy to look back and like throw a lot of judgment from where we are. Not saying we shouldn't. I'm I'm totally saying it from the stance that this was the norm at the time. Just was it is what it was. Unfortunately, what it was. Thank God it's not that way today. Right now, let's talk about the boat capsizing you may have heard about this story before this actually happened no i didn't hear about this oh you haven't no well lewis and clark were both very impressed on one specific day it was may 14th 1805 this was when sakagawea remained extremely calm in a very panicked situation and likely saved the expedition like actually saved it and so they didn't have to like turn around and go home uh her husband charbonneau was steering one of the boats through rough waters and a gust of wind actually tipped the boat over. And Charbonneau froze. He did nothing as gunpowder, medicine, clothing, all the historical important documents and journals that were being kept by the group, vital traveling instruments. They were all at threat of being swept down the river. What a little bitch. <laughs> look, I'm, look, I'm sorry. I, like, alcohol, chronic cylinder syndrome, mixed up. It, it just is a, it's a great mix. With that being said, like what a little baby yeah, he, makes sense for someone who has interest in his children age, basically. That's, Ugh, yeah, yeah I makes know. Sense. I think that's right so in. gross. Once again, probably a lot of the norm at the time, but also no less disgusting. But anyway, uh, Sakagawea, indoctrination pronunciation coming back. Sakagawea, <laughs> she calmly rescued all these items in, without panicking and she kept the baby safe at the same time by the way but she saved like all of this stuff from floating down the river and yeah the following day after the boat incident lewis and clark were like okay girl 
they didn't say it like that. I'm just speaking in 2021 speak, but (laughs) (laughs) they named a tributary tributary tributary. See, this is a problem that I'm working on the pronunciation. You don't have to worry about it. It's fine. Look, look, I understand. I love the people who watch this show. No, no, no. This they're is a, all, something I've been struggling all, with for true, but they're all historical now. English experts. So, well, understandable. Tributary. Your concern. Tributary. I'm so sorry. Of the Montana Musselshell River after her. They named it after her to honor her for her help and her bravery in that situation because they really did save the day. I give you an A minus for your sentence there. The structure was so, so... <laughs> Diction was a tad off. It's all right. No worries. I don't have um. What's it called? Hemingway. Have you ever used Hemingway before? The author? No, no, no. It's a. It's like a free app or a free website where you put your paragraph in, and oh. it will tell you what sentences you need to modify or, no, or make I, it a little I, easier to read. I regrettably use Grammarly, but that's because well, Grammarly is there too. But I mean, like Hemingway is it? No, it's different than Grammarly. Cheating. That's cheating. No, I just not cheating. It is cheating. It's just it's, meant to simplify your sentences. Look, if it didn't exist when I was a child and we had to write an essay about how you know somehow Macbeth didn't really have mommy syndrome, like I like I uh, then I don't use it. So if it didn't exist then, I don't use it today. That okay. is how I stay relevant with my time of being a millennial duly noted so july 1805 there's a fork in the road here sakagawea recognized that the group was growing close to where the shoshone tribe actually would camp she Mm. she recognized it from her childhood and on august 15th 1805 they finally encountered the tribe and its chief this name is very difficult for me to pronounce and i really come away Kamiya wait, maybe. I could it, be wrong, but that's that, my guess. That is, I will spell it. C-A-M-E-A-H-W-A-I-T. Kamiya wait. Kamiya wait. Kamiya wait, probably. Kamiya wait. Sakagawea, serving as a translator, realized midway through translating with the chief that it was actually her brother. She hadn't seen him, you know, in so long. And they embraced tearfully before she got back down to business. She was like, okay. So good to see you. They, they, Lewis and Clark actually talked about in the journal. Like it was so amazing. They were like embracing, and it was so excited to see each other because they hadn't seen each other. But then she was like, "Okay, I'm here to translate. I need to get some horses." And because of her, the Shoshone were very, very welcoming to the group, and they actually did trade with them and got gave them additional horses, mm. gave them additional guides as well. So it wasn't just Charbonneau and his wife, yeah, Takagawea. yeah, but. Because she was there, you know, they were able, and that was so important at that port, pi, point in the expedition because they had to get across the Rockies and they needed the horses to do that. Mm. And they couldn't bring the horses beforehand because they were on a river and they couldn't carry the horses on all of the boats. Yeah, they didn't have uh, Uber back no. then. They didn't have Lyft. Yeah. They literally, Lyft meant to pick something heavy up. There was no limo service and, and carry it until the person who paid you told you to stop carrying it. That's what lift meant back then. So, right. But on the other side of the Rockies, Sacagawea gave the party her beaded belt so that they could try trade with another native American tribe for a fur robe that was made of two sea otter skins that they intended to bring back to president Thomas Jefferson. So that's very generous of her. She literally just gave up her probably absolutely Stunning, stunning beaded belt 
the, I mean, that like represented yeah, her yeah. her culture. She maybe she made it. Maybe and I mean, maybe they she traded it. it for two sea otter skin for a robe maybe to give to Mister Jefferson. She might have made it on the fly. I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe maybe it was crap. You have to remember. You have <laughs> I don't to, know. You have to remember that. I feel like there was instances like historically with certain native groups in which they just had an abundance of certain things that we consider very valuable today, maybe. like gold down in South America. It's kind of like, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know. It just was very generous. It was coming out of the trees. We just picked it off the trees. Now we have gold nuggets everywhere. Like it wasn't really like that. A gold tree? Yeah, that's (laughs) probably what happened. But on November 15th, 1805, the Corps of Discovery expedition finally reached the Pacific Ocean. And the crew had grown to massively respect Sacagawea at that point. They actually fully considered her when choosing where and how to settle down for the winter because they had to make accommodations. They couldn't just turn around and plow through the Rockies during the winter time, as you can imagine. I learned that from the Donner party. Yeah, they were a little further north. They actually crossed in what would be modern day Oregon. That is way further north. Yeah, north. Uh, but they voted and she participated on what to do next. She was part of the group. Uh, that's more votes than than other women were in the United States at the time able to have. So kind of cool. And near the Columbia River, the group built Fort Clatsop, which remained until March 23rd, 1806. Yeah. Obviously, with the atmosphere of 2022 and how people choose to view history, it is difficult to talk about the dynamics of history. So I will refrain from going too deep. Okay. With that being said, I do think that people back then were probably sort of similar to today. And it's very cool that there was some sort of Despite the very uh, uncool, weird adult-child relationship and the payment of property for a human. Mm -hmm. Um, Besides all that, that is quite a cool thing. Um, I think it shows that when you get away from policy, government, you bring a group of humans down to like the wire. It's nice to know that they were able to fully include everyone in the group. People forget we had to kind of historically all get together and be friends for a little bit in order to create civilization. We all need Um, to learn that over again. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I do think it's quite interesting. I mean, the the dynamics of that time and of years past, um, they were much different than today. Um, With that being said, it always is healthy to be able to operate from a less emotional observational point. So agreed. But with that being said, I think we should probably take a break. Uh, thankfully, I don't have to peel my eyelids off my face or, uh, you know, poke myself in my eardrums um, with this one. This is a quite pleasant individual. Okay. Yeah, I don't have to endure massive amounts of pain. So that's good. Uh, but yeah, we will be right back. Dearest Amelia, this is Lewis. I'm writing you a beautiful letter that I decided to write randomly to tell you about the events of the last few months. We lost our entire collection of land sharks. They ate our map. We had to put them down. Thankfully, my best friend, Sakagawea, not not Clark, he's not my friend. Sakagawea, she saved us. We made it to the Pacific. We So I love how he writes this mysterious Amelia woman 
and says no amelia clark oh what I have to make a historical reference to someone else. Amelia Clark popped into my head. That is who we will eventually talk about. Right. Well, you do realize his first name was Meriwether. Meriwether and Amelia. That's a weird combo. <laughs> well, Am- Amelia Clark. You did. You did. You did introduce us to the next part because they did return home. They Wait. Met, they went to the Pacific. Did I seriously pull it on my butt? Mary Meriwether Clark. Meriwether Lewis. Oh, Amelia Lewis. Oh, dang. Yeah, you were you were mixing up was, all the yeah, that was, was close. Anyway, yeah, okay. So they they're the Pacific. Yes, Clark but, and Lewis have some turbulent times. They haven't stopped sharing a bed. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's not good for them. But Lewis and Sakagawea are best friends. Well, actually, Clark and Sakagawea were very good friends. Clark and Sakagawea were best friends, and Lewis was the one that caused all the disturbances. In fact, you'll see he they he play into each other's lives a lot. But the core of Discovery split into two groups at this point. So maybe you're right. Factions? They did stop sharing Two factions? The, the elephant and the, the jackass faction? I'm going to just, I didn't do a deep dive into why they split, but just, I'm going to think they did that just in case something happens. At least mm-hmm. one of them would make it back. The funny thing about those two factions that I mentioned, they're both the same. Right. Elephants, donkeys, jackasses, elephants. The Republican and Democrat party split. I was split trying, from- <laughs> I was trying to keep this not political, but now because I was trying to be apolitical, but now because you couldn't help yourself. Sorry. Yeah, well. But one was led by Lewis and the other was led by Clark. Yikes. So there was some uh there was some emotional confliction. I'm maybe. not sure about maybe. emotional confliction. It might just be like I said, they wanted to make sure that at least one party got back safe. But Sakagawea joined Clark's group and she guided the men through what's known today as Bozeman Pass. It's a route through the Rocky Mountains just south of the Yellowstone River. Did we drive through that? Um, I think we might have. On the way to Big Sky. Pretty sure that's Bozeman Pass. Uh, maybe. I don't, I'm not 100% sure if that's the same one. But they, what I will area. tell you is that neither group actually went through what we would call today the National Park, Yellowstone National Park, which is unfortunate. Could you imagine how they would have been like blown away by that? I think that one person from their party did at one point. I remember when we were there, the one person kind of strayed off and then did say that they saw some stuff we should do i, I should have well, they were talking, got some information on that there was a guy from the expedition who went, the geysers yeah or yeah. the geysers or something and he was just he went back eventually to the other side of the country and he was describing what he saw and people thought he was crazy yeah if you haven't been to yellowstone national park it's i wild. highly recommend it it's a beautiful beautiful it is quite place wild. Uh, but again I, I would assume that just generally at that time i mean rolling plains untouched land animals gold Lots of animals. Unicorns, maybe dinosaurs. Maybe. Yeah. Dinosaur bones, at least. Probably dinosaurs. With that being said, yeah, just everywhere. There was, it was, it was paradise. Yeah. Not really, but still. Clark actually famously wrote in his diary at the time, the Indian woman has been of great service to me as a pilot through the country. You know, your notes say Indiana woman, uh, um, it, which autocorrected. Kind of hilarious. Um, I mean. Got their W. Again. Indian, Native American. That's what he said. Yeah, right. But I know what you're thinking over there. No, there is no actual account of any sort of romantic relationship between Clark and Sacagawea, although modern day fan fiction loves that. There is no substance behind it in my unprofessional opinion, but hey, people, whatever. 
Why? Whatever you want to make happen. Okay. (laughs) So this needs to be discussed. This is a side topic. We need to discuss this on History Out of the Box. Why? Where did all the Sims come from? Where did they come from? Sims? Oh, Sims. I thought you were talking about Sims the video game. That too. I just had a throwback to my childhood and drowning someone in a pool. Sorry. You've exposed yourself (laughs) and I'm now concerned for my livelihood. With that being said, where did the Sims come from? They've not always been around. This is a new genome. And honestly, look, why? We don't know what happened back then. It could have been Lewis and Clark. And I'm sure there's probably fan fiction of that too. It could have been, for all we know, maybe Sacagawea and Charbonnet actually had a thing. Chardonnay, whatever his name is. Still, uh, maybe, still weird. Still, still strange. Not still very approved by me. Not, but. not okay. But with that being said, like, no, you're right. Maybe that's the case. But I just don't understand. Like, just guys, look, you can like someone you can dislike someone it's just another step further you when you start just... creating weird fan fiction about so like creativity aside I actually applaud you but still there's a limit it's well, like look should there be a fan fiction about abraham lincoln and george washington probably With there that, already is i guarantee it aberdorf lincoln which what was that from rick and morty the aberdorf aberdorf oh don't bring that up oh my gosh aberdorf no, no. linkler no, that was that was horrible <laughs> uh, oh it shows fantastic uh, but with that being said it, it, it like should there be there probably is but should there be probably not you know i mean there's a fan fiction for everything yeah. so yeah, but Clark uh, named what's now known as Pompey's Pillar, which was then Tower, Pompey's Tower, on the Yellowstone River after the young son of Sacagawea. Remember, he called him Pomp. It gets more interesting. We're not stopping there. Hmm. But yeah, like I said, I modern mean, day depictions, you can go online and you'll find all sorts of stuff saying I, kinda, but you, he's Clark the only kid. and Sacagawea had He's the a, only kid there, though. Yeah. I mean, like, he kind of, like, that's kind of cutesy. Sure, he probably liked that there was a young boy. Well, think about it. He was an that. infant and he went yeah, on this yeah, huge yeah. expedition and yeah. he was probably, I mean, statistically, it wasn't like every guy there was probably the best dad-like figure of all no, time not at all. but, but i mean like, like well, a majority of them probably really took a liking to protecting a, a young well, child here's the problem is we tend to for some reason we tend to look at people that we don't like now as back then as being like just just evil and it's like people are complicated like not to suggest that any of the actions that they had were okay just merely pointing out that yeah no there was probably some sort of familial aspect to traveling with people for months and maybe years like that just innately occurs generally i mean look at stockholm syndrome so like yeah i know it's not like it's not like anyone but lewis and clark could leave like like they, they are in the commission of the president if you leave they kill you well no i think that one guy did leave and he went to yellowstone by himself he probably got in trouble uh, well, uh, I mean, he probably didn't kill him, but he probably got in a lot of trouble. I mean, this just, episode's not about him. Maybe, so I don't maybe know. not. Who knows? <laughs> maybe he's the secret. Maybe he's the key. Maybe to Yellowstone. But August twelfth, eighteen oh six, the groups reunited near the Hidasa villages where they had met, or well, they where they had met Sacagawea and her husband Charbonneau, mm. and they paid Charbonneau. Remember, he's the only one who gets the money. Four hundred and nine dollars and sixteen cents. Or it was $500.33. I found different amounts for this. Those are not that similar. Very, They're both little. 
<laughs> oddly specific amounts. Yeah, oddly different, but oddly specific. Back then, but that's a lot. Small. That's a lot. Five yeah. Well, bucks? yeah. For for then, it wasn't a small amount of money no. then. But you know, I I didn't translate what it would have been in twenty twenty two money. But that's what he was paid. Look, if Red Dead told me anything, I could buy a very 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 nice horse for around five hundred dollars. That's true. But would you just want a a very nice horse after you? Why not? Risk your life for over a year. Look, I caught the Arabian. I want to buy the big one. I, I still don't remember the name. Caught the Arabian on Isabella Lake. Terrible. Red Dead Redemption Two. <laughs> Terrible. If you know, you know. But uh, he also, for his diligent work on the expedition, was parceled out about three hundred and twenty acres of land for his service, which at the time was probably a lot. Uh oh, you have an opinion here. I just don't want it. No, I don't want to say it because it'll make me a Debbie Downer. It's fine. 320, part, 320 acres of land wherever they gave it to him. Uh, cool. That's great. I mean, that's worth more than $500 today, but I don't know what he did with the land. Well, so. depending on where it is. Yeah. Well, at least Sacagawea would eventually be on the Golden States, Golden States, the United States Golden Dollar Coin. But she wasn't paid for her part in the expedition. Yeah. Just legacy wise. There they left them to live happily ever after. And to be completely honest on that note, that's kind of what matters. Well, like legacy kind of matters. I was going to say I mean, psych. Psych. Oh, they didn't live after it? Clark suggested something the- peculiar. Oh, Clark oh. offered to take little pomp with him back to St. Louis, Missouri and give him a proper education. He offered to raise him as his own son. But Pomp's parents were like, no, he's a baby. Don't do that. He's literally not even a toddler yet. But they did tell Clark they would bring him to St. Louis when he was older. Look, I don't think there was anything weird about that. I think he was merely saying I can give him a really, really, really good, good life. And I, they obviously didn't think so either because in 19, or 1809 at age five, little Pomp did eventually go yeah, to like, St. Like Louis. You, you have to remember, like, the, I just don't know why people, like, it's, I get, I get it, I get it, context is difficult. And, you know, I've, obviously I'm human, I'm, I've stumbled through this as well, but, I like, kids were, like, dying all over the place. Like, you, like mm-hmm. people had, like, nine or ten children something ridiculous like the average amount of children per family was like ridiculous and like six or seven of them died like it was like living out in the wilderness like a horse like you riding a horse and the horse steps in a you know a hole breaks his leg throws you off you break your neck you die like i mean it was it was literally there was no doctor there was no like like you cut yourself you die of infection you know like it was literally that crazy yeah uh well parents didn't think it was that weird because they brought him as promised, to St. Louis to baptize the boy, and then they left him in Clark's care to oversee his educational studies. And originally, Clark had offered to provide the couple with land and a farm while he took care of Pomp. Remember, this is Jean-Baptiste, yeah. but we call him Pomp. Yeah. Uh, that Farming didn't initially seem to work out because soon the parents actually left to work for Manuel Lisa, who was a Missouri fur company trader. A lot of money to be made at that particular company. Right. And before leaving, they did make Clark the official godfather in April. Yeah. So, so, so this was this. I don't think there's anything weird about that. I think people. I think looking back on stuff like that, and people thinking it's different weird, time. Well, it's different time, but it's also looking back at stuff like that, I think people thinking it weird is actually them being weird. Honestly, no offense, you're being weird. Uh, like, uh, like historically, like, look, what other option would he have had to fend for himself in the wilderness to live 
in a very rough circumstance on a farm, most of them did not work out very well. I mean, most, I mean, the Donners originally left where they okay, or read, what was it? The, the star, the, um, something stars, stars above. among us or something stars above, uh, the indifferent stars above read mm. that book. Uh, I want to say they left. I want to say it was like Missouri or Mississippi. They left because their farming was like, it was impossible in those areas. Just mm. it was so damn difficult. Um, so yeah, no, I, I don't think there's anything weird about it at all. I think it was, a uh, to the, to Sacagawea and, uh, Chardonnay, whatever his name is, um, a, a gift. Well, yeah. And, and we're just speculating here, but I would think they would probably see as, you know, maybe slightly heartbreaking, but also like a huge opportunity for their son. Yeah. Like he gets education, get to give something him a life that, with someone they trusted, someone who's well yeah. off has education, has education, probably had land, probably mm-hmm. had connections. I mean, yeah. That, I mean, obviously that, connections. He was hired by the president to basically do mm-hmm. a world country changing event him and tommy were all their best buds yeah you know well in 1812 it's presumed that sacagawea gave birth to a little girl that they named lizette and unfortunately her health likely declined quickly after this because records from the missouri fur company trader actually there is a bit of an interesting thing here in their records it says quote charbonneau's Charbonneau. Charbonneau's wife. That's all it says. Charbonneau's wife, assumed to mean Sacagawea, died of typhus or typhoid fever on December 22nd, 1812 at Fort Manuel in present day South Dakota. She would have been 25 years old at this time, but it is hotly debated still today, at least among some people, if this was even her who oh. ended up dying. Um, something this, this might've been one of his other wives, because it didn't specifically say Sacagawea. Another clue, though, that it was likely her. From what I can see, a lot of the historians do think that this was likely her. But Clark, shortly afterward, became the legal guardian of both Pomp and Lizette and listed Sacagawea as deceased in the paperwork. So we don't know the you know, run around of how he came to find out or what exactly happened there. But it does seem like, yes, she tragically passed away at the age of 25. At least that's what most people believe. But I will talk in a second about what the argument is. Because according to Native American history and oral traditions, Sacagawea actually went back to the Shoshone lands in Wyoming. She started a new family and lived a long, relatively happy life. She passed away, according to some Shoshone uh, oral traditions. She passed away April 9th, 1884. So that's a long life. And unfortunately, it seems that there's no independent evidence to support this, but hotly contested mm. for decades. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I don't think there's really anything to be gained from saying that she was dead. I mean, I well, like obviously because like, here's the, the here's the thing is they uh, look there. I'm sure there's a bunch of people out there that could make this whole Clark adopting um, pomp as like some sort of insidious thing. You can make insidiousness out of anything these days. Um, with that being said, I like I don't know. I feel I personally think that in condensed instances, and I would guess that this is shown psychologically and sociologically um groups tend to be cohesive when they need to be they have to be cohesive or they fail and this group was successful meaning that at some point in time the people in the group including sacagawea trusted the leadership and direction of lewis and clark and the 
everyone else for the most part in the group, meaning that there was probably some sort of relational bond between especially Clark and Sacagawea, which him taking Pomp and Lisette, not taking, becoming Godfather. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, there's a lot of steps you have to go through to become that. Obviously, it's different back then, but... You, you, yeah, there's... It, 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 look, look, look. It's shortest point between, most logical point, you know? Right. Occam's razor. And, I mean, I totally understand why people would want to believe that this, Maybe. this young woman who was kidnapped from her... I would assume just seeing it today, what it looked like back then stunning home and taken away and probably going through a lot of horrible things when she was a teenager wanting to go back. I would love like, like you want, you want to believe something like that and you know, in your perfect world, you think, Oh, she brings her, her kids and then she goes and lives in beautiful Wyoming and present day Wyoming. And yeah, I yeah. just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. How about that? I don't know well, what happened. Well, well here's, here's the thing that I could speculate. And this is me speculating. So to any history buffs out there, I'm speculating. Um, she never left Charbonneau. No. I mean, I don't know how possible it was for her to do that. I mean, uh, truly. Well, I mean, well, he wasn't like a... I mean, I know he was a complete klutz, klutz that one day on the boat, but it wasn't like he was a complete idiot. He was a fur trapper. If you really want her back, you probably can get her. Unfortunately, that's yeah, the reality. Maybe, maybe. I mean, maybe, I mean or maybe, maybe not. I maybe, don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, you have to remember the people that became fur trappers back then. Sometimes they did it by profession from beginning. They came over, you know, French Canadian, all that jazz were the actual, actual occupation. Some of them did it by necessity. Doesn't mean they were, I mean, not everybody became an expert. No. So, like, you have to remember if he froze when the ship flipped in water. Yeah. It's hard to say because we weren't there. We don't know. Of course. But, but, uh, yeah. I just think it's interesting how there's these two very different um, recorded death days or, or dates of death, death well, days. I mean, what a strange way to put that. Different, um, like, I mean, decades between them. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know but I'll, t- I'll talk more about it. It is very and interesting. I mean, like, and, and again, I like, I obviously, bias aside, I don't think that anything that was done by Charbonneau was, was admirable. With that being said, like, I mean, if she wanted to get away from him, she could have got away from him. Mm. She could have. Well, she seemed, know. she seemed, especially when she didn't have her son and daughter, she seemed pretty resourceful. Well, we don't know if that was all her decision making either. That could have been maybe. him saying, yeah, leave, leave him in St. Louis with Clark. Possibly. Could and maybe, I mean, maybe she didn't want that. Maybe that devastated her. Maybe. Who knows? It's uh, just, I think it's good to not immediately jump. Well, you yeah, know? yeah. Well, her son, Jean-Baptiste, who was adopted by Clark, he was a mini celebrity in his lifetime. He was known for being the infant that went on the expedition with Lewis and Clark, and he traveled across Europe with the German prince, Duke Paul Wilhelm of Wurttemberg. And before returning back to the United States, he helped guide the Mormon battalion to California for the gold rush. He became a gold miner. And unfortunately, this is just a short part of his life that i'm trying to describe right now but he did pass away en route to the montana gold fields after the civil war may 16th 1866 so he was 61 years old and passed away of pneumonia That's in oregon for that time old right That's so it, old. i think it's just it's just interesting that sakagawaya's son ended up being like this mini celebrity who well, was an like an expedition or he was a traveling um you know well, he uh, went, guide he went across europe i mean think like yeah. here's, here's the thing is you gotta you gotta think about the context that how many people were able once they came 
to the United States or at the time the colonies or whatever land for whatever manifest destiny nonsense whatever how many of them could go back right you know like it's it's yeah. it's 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 incredible that he was able to go and do that now granted I'm sure he had conflicting I don't want to assume I'm sure he had some things that he wasn't happy about with that being said I mean 61 in the 1800s was it's a long time. 1860s he died in 66 yeah, well, unfortunately, Lizette's life was almost not recorded at all. If anything was to be recorded, it's rumored that she died June 16th, 1832, and was buried in the old Catholic Cathedral Cemetery in St. Louis. And Charbonneau, he actually ended up dying August 12th, 1843. Mm. So he lived, you know, a fairly long life as well. But that was just the kind of, you know, skeleton here, but I want to talk about her legacy because Sacagawea's life, you know, it seems from what we can tell was likely cut short, 25 years old when she passed away. But her real, you know, legacy comes much later. Today, Sacagawea is remembered by many places, many monuments named for her likeness. And like I said, on the United States golden dollar coin from 2000 through 2008, her image is engraved. Do you remember when that coin came out? I remember when it came out. I do. Yeah. It was like a it's, really, really big deal at the time. It's worth a decent amount. Yeah. It also features her carrying her son on her back, her little pomp. And the image was modeled after a modern day Shoshone woman, which was really, really cool. Mm. Uh, but President Bill Clinton, like I said in the beginning, actually granted her a posthumous decoration as an honorary sergeant in the army in 2000. So you can say with accuracy that Sacagawea is an honorary sergeant in our military. Mm. Yeah. But a famous novel written by Ava Emery Dye was published in 1902. This is what really spread the word about Sacagawea's life. It also took, unfortunately, many liberties about the entire Lewis and Clark expedition, which stems <sighs> to probably a lot of what we may know in today's world because as we know when you rewrite history and you enforce it enough you can really really <laughs> cause a dent well here, here's look I, I before we get into it i i understand i understand why people i do, do and that. i'll talk about in a second why at the same why time i don't understand because if if you choose to add some things and embellish a little bit then you also don't consider that person's existence very incredible well, that's that's my problem with it because, well, here I'll explain. It, it was a bit upsetting. Miss Dye was a suffragist, and at the time she saw, you know, it seemed that there was a lack of powerful females in literature who represented what she described as bravery and intelligence. And, you know, I, I can empathize a lot with the suffragist movement. I was born in the 90s, which was a very different world than the early 1900s. Okay, so I get that. But she didn't mind embellishing or rewriting history to make Sacagawea a genuine Indian princess quote, type. Quote, unquote. Yeah, yeah. And this can be taken from the notes in the author's journal where she actually admitted of her embellishments. And that's also where I personally think that the pronunciation of Sacagawea became Sacagawea because that was how she was spelling and pronouncing it in her book. And in her diary, or at least, she spelled it like that, Sacagawea, which at least from my childhood, that's how I knew 
it to be pronounced. So uh, you can call me a Debbie Downer, but I look at this scenario and I'm disappointed in the fact that this person didn't think Sacagawea, the way that she was in real life, was fascinating enough to make the champion of the women's suffrage movement, Mm -hmm. which makes it, no offense, a little disingenuous. Just like, for example, if we write about some sort of heroic white man as being perfect and Jesus life like same type of thing mm-hmm. and it goes both ways just write about people you can provide your bias and opinion for talking about them that's fine but if you're writing something down write about them the way that they are be honest and people if the story is worth telling will read it Right. And I think it is worth telling. Because I do too. Regardless of all that, Sacagawea was an early image of the National American Women's Suffrage Association in the early 20th century. And there was a resurgence of her name. The people were suddenly very interested in finding her gravesite because of this. And her death became what I would think was very romanticized. And the question of where she died came into question and how long she lived. It all got really scrambled up. And I think that's really unfortunate. I wish I could tell you exactly what happened to her. But from what I can see, the majority of historians seem to agree that it's very likely that she passed away of typhoid fever at 25 years old. See, this is what I I guess this is what kind of bothers me specifically about history. Right. Because we preface this. This is our opinion. I never once said that I know everything about Sacagawea or any of the characters that we talked about. Neither of you. I mean, specifically within the auditory version of this, we have a disclaimer that talks about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, for me, it's like, yeah, we're, we're bantering for entertainment purposes. But when it comes to people who are writing like autobiographies or, or even in some instances, you know, biographies, either or, when they're doing any of this historical based contextual stuff, there seems to be, there just seems to be an innate desire, not for the purpose of the person they're talking about, but for the author that's writing it, to make up things, to make things up Mm. for some purpose, be it uh, movement or personal gain. And the unfortunate part about that is most people, look, most people don't have time. They don't have time to read about this. Nor right. some people don't have interest to read about it. But you should listen now, to a podcast No, no. About it. Well, that's why these things, these mediums exist. My point being is, look, not a lot of people, I'm not saying everyone, some people do, and that's admirable. You should read about these people. And whether you agree with us or not, you should do your own research on these people and actually do research, actually read about them, actually look into them. And if we miss some things, great, you found out for yourself. With that being said, it's, it's just unfortunate that there just seems to be this innate desire on that end because you'd think, you would think, that there would be the respect of, there should be the respect of the image of the deceased. And I mean that from a perspective of documentation. Because if you're going to write about somebody, you better well do it right. If you're going to talk about them, it's your opinion. Two different mediums, two different things. Because this, sure, can be on video, but every single episode you're going to see me talk about how it's my opinion. You're not going to see me say, this is actual history. This is what happened. It's deceptive. It's wrong. It creates an inaccurate image of someone who otherwise, had they not done that, actually we may have had a documentation of. Well, Nevertheless, of any of the scrambulation of well, her, her, here's the thing. Death. Here's the thing. It's like with anything. If you don't believe your own position, you're going to lie. Mm. If you don't believe what you're actually saying, you'll embellish. My whole thing is: look, if you think the person's that badass, you're just going to tell how it is. You don't need to explain. 
I mean, and she was badass. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Uh, nevertheless, there is a monument of her in Fort Washakie on the Wind River Reservation in Lander, Wyoming, on the Wyoming claim of her passing away there in the late 1800s. However, like I said, it's widely believed that the woman who did die there, who they're referring to, is not Sacagawea. It's a different person entirely. It's being attributed to her, and it's just not her. So, I don't know. Now, it's a shame. Some scholars argue that this blown up depiction, like you've been saying, of Sacagawea is not only disingenuous, but it's dangerous and it's Mm -hmm. disheartening for many women. And she didn't need to be embellished because she was world changing and on her own. There was no need to dress it up. Like Mm -hmm. she, she, without her, it is very likely, at least in my opinion, that that expedition would have never made it. Well, this is, this is why I look at these things and this is why I get so up in arms about the recent uh, revisionist history nonsense is because look, the world's not a fairy tale. It's not a fairy tale. People are not perfect. Any demographic. I don't care what it is. They have their flaws. Every single person. And so far, every person that we've talked about has had their flaws. From the original Chad, time traveler George Washington, to Abraham Lincoln, to Montezuma, to Sacagawea. I mean, every single character we've talked about has their flaws. And the purpose of the show is to talk about them. Now, granted, it's not to like them. That's not what we're saying. It's not to admire, admire them. It's not to laud them and think that they're phenomenal. Clearly, in the past few episodes, you and I have been very vocal about some of the people we just don't like. And that is what it is. And it's our right to be able to have that, just like it is for the viewer to disagree. With that being said, what gets me about this stuff is like thinking that things were perfect in any circumstance, just one, proves your bias and your ignorance to history. And two, proves your naivety. Mm. That's how I take it. Every single person that we talk about, every single person, just like every single person that's made a lot of money, they're not nice people. They're not. Jeff Bezos, just like Elon Musk, just like Tom Cruise, just like, unfortunately, Taylor Swift. They don't spend their time thinking about you. <laughs> Sorry. What? Yeah. I hate to break it to you now. So it's just, I don't know, it's just unfortunate. Cause it's like, I, I get that the same about founding fathers. Like I've always thought it's like, look, should we have statues? Of anyone? I mean, yeah, if you want to talk about how problematic a statue is of somebody, sure, we could talk about that. Do I think it's relevant to talk about people historically and actually applaud the things that they do well? Yes, I do, because I believe in gold stars. I was indoctrinated into believing that, and I'm not going to change it, because what are we going to do if we don't? Just poop on everybody? We're going <laughs> to poop on everyone? We're going to just hate everybody? We're going to pretend that everybody, like only one group, no matter who you're talking to, doesn't matter who you're talking about, we're all going to collectively pretend that one group, from anyone's perspective, just did all the bad things? Give me a break. Well, it's nonsense. And I'm not saying, I'm, look, I'm not saying that from, from a defensive perspective. I'm saying that from like a critical perspective because I want to see who the shitheads are. And if you're always demonizing one group or lauding another, you're lying. You're lying. That's just how I take it. And this right here, I'm happy that we actually could talk about it without this gloss. Well, there's no need for gloss. And here's the thing. In American culture specifically, mm-hmm. I mean, not, not, I mean, specifically since like, I'm not even talking Native American at this point. I'm talking just like United States um, history and like paintings and stuff. We often tend to romanticize situations. If my first thing I think of is our original Chad crossing the trench. I mean, look, that's that's for... All I'm saying is like, we we tend to romanticize situations. And I'm only bridging that here because Sacagawea is often depicted in artwork as this 
arms outstretched yeah, Native yeah. American princess with a headdress on guiding a group of men in boats. It's probably well, not how that worked. Well, here's the thing is the thing that I tend to look at is um, I use Occam's razor probably incorrectly in a lot of different things. Look, is it plausible that, that could have been? Plausibility exists in almost anything. Is it also plausible that it could have been absolutely terrible and she hated everybody? Sure. It's also equally plausible if we're going to talk about plausibility because we were, none of us were alive at that time. Not a single person today was alive at that time. It's also plausible that she was just like, okay, indifferent. That's also a possibility. And the funny, the funny thing about all these things, like from Sacagawea to World War II to the uh, interesting life of Mr. Crowley, um, a lot of things tend to be embellished depending on who you ask. And the interesting thing that I see about all this is like, guys, it's fun to embellish. It's fun to laud people. It's fun to talk accurately about them. But at the end of the day, they were people. They had their issues. They had their problems. And sometimes the things that we assume about people that we will never meet, sometimes they're wrong. I would argue they're wrong almost 90% of the time. Well, regardless hmm. of all of the romanticization, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's even a word. Do. None of that even if the parts that are true and the parts that maybe weren't true or just stretched a little bit or, you know, even made up on the spot, none of that makes her any less valuable or important to their journey. American history, Mm -hmm. Native American history, and it's on its face itself. Uh, Sacagawea changed history and there's no need to make her larger than she was because she was already super we're talking, large. Well, but here's the thing is we're talking about them. We're right. talking about her. We're talking about the people in this expedition. We're talking like any person that we talk about on this show obviously made a really big impact because we remember those people. I guess the thing is like when we've done other like George Washington, for example, mm-hmm. we did a lot of downplaying of some of his like we talked about things I felt like I didn't know. Like he was such a huge failure in his uh, most of his military mm-hmm. career. And with Sacagawea, I I felt like it wasn't necessarily talking about any failures he had. No. It was just by saying all the good things that I like I could see that she had done. But no, she she wasn't like this. She wasn't the person who dragged 40 idiots kicking and screaming across the land. No. Like that's kind of the depiction I had growing up. Of Which her. here's the thing is, is not only insensitive to her, but also insensitive to everyone else. It's right. like, it's like, so, look, look, they would have found somebody else or they would have just done it. You want to know how I know that? Because plenty of people did it before them. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it would have been done up any other way. It would well, have been done either way. Well, let's also be clear. This was unexplored land according to the Europeans uh, yes. no, who like, were like, here. Like, again, it wasn't yeah. unexplored in general. Exactly. But, um, like, yeah, not-, not to totally. I'm I'm really not here to downplay mm-hmm. Sakagawe. I'm I'm trying to uplift her as someone who women like me can look at and say a devoted mother, wife, and sister, regardless of the circumstances that were in, depicted in all three of those mm-hmm. roles that she played. She was a that badass. was she was a badass, yeah. and I feel like, in my opinion, that's more inspirational than looking at someone on a pedestal who I could never, ever, well, ever imagine well, here's, here's, being here's, able to meet there. Here's the problem. Because people will talk about the, 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 the look at the founding fathers. 
because we brought them up. Or they'll look at any character that we've talked at about and they'll put them on a pedestal without realizing that by doing that, they don't give themselves or any other person that exists today the opportunity to do the same equal great things as those person did, those people did. Because the the the, the limit is too attain unattainable. It makes the bar way too high. So you have to be perfect in order to be remembered. No, you don't. You don't have to be perfect to be remembered. You don't have to be perfect to be appreciated. And you don't have to be perfect to be someone who makes an impact. You just have to be you. That's the thing. History is the same way because humans don't change much. We don't change much. People say things and do things because emotions drive them. Just like they say things and do things because they have to. They don't change. And so when it comes to all this, it's like, look, if we weren't talking about it, there's other people who would talk about it, but if they weren't talking about it, no one be no one would talk about it. So do you want to talk about people in the light that they're in? Or do you want to make nonsense up or just never talk about anyone? It's up to you. At the end of the day, looking at her how she is, how she was as a human being, circumstances good or not, is more useful than looking at her or anyone for that matter as if they exist in a vacuum. You're right. So let me be clear. Sakagawea was no Mary Sue. Mm-mm. Yeah, but so, yeah, that's the that's that's the life of uh, Sakakawea. You know, I I really wish that we had you know a firsthand account to look at, but unfortunately we don't. Um, uh, I, she she was a, a badass though. Uh, top uh, three, top three, top no top three for me oh, yeah. on a scale like out of the eighteen people we've talked about. So well, sixteen because we've done two part two two parters. <laughs> the sixteen people we talked about, top three. Um, she was cool. Very cool. And obviously circumstances were terrible, but I do think that that was interesting because it paints a, it paints a, uh, uh, look, we just need to be, we need to be more realistic about history. I, I think hope, it's my I hope at some opinion. point in her life, she felt a moment of, I'm sure she did. Yeah. Cause goodness I, or I, excitement I or sit, accomplishment. I'm, I'm sure she did. Positive. She, she went did. through some, some really difficult things and you know, we unfortunately cannot know exactly what she was thinking throughout them. But today in 2022, we certainly can give our respects to Sakagawea. Look, history merely only gives us the spark notes of people purely because we don't have the capacity to know absolutely every single thing about someone from point A to point B. Maybe maybe soon we will with our technology, but with that being said, history, up until this point, gives us spark notes. And we sometimes, rightfully or unrightfully, fill in the void between the pages on the lines. We fill in the chapters with what we think someone to be. We shouldn't do that. We shouldn't. Because you're not representing the person accurately. And I think to the most part, this right here was well done. And I think, so kudos to you. And two, I think Sakagawea, whether her circumstances at the time were good or not, I think her legacy is probably the most important thing. Because mm-hmm. we're talking about her. Yep. Unlike and sometimes, unfortunately, unlike some of the, not some, millions, hundreds of millions of people that we never mention. Right. Well, she earned her, she earned the respect of generations to come Mm -hmm. and there is no need to make up any stories about her because she seemed like an awesome woman. 
yeah. on our own. Um, well, I don't think I did this in the beginning because I decided to have some alcohol. But if you like what you hear, if you like what you saw, go ahead and... Uh, oh, I mean, you can follow us on Instagram if you want to. You can find us on YouTube. Um, we have new episodes auditorily every Tuesday. So mm-hmm. they come out on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and then on YouTube every Wednesday, unless it's a special day, like Spooky Day. Um, and sometimes that changes. But with that being said, hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much for popping in to learn a little bit about Sacagawea. Uh, before we leave, uh, do we know who we're talking about next? Do we know? We are have we a still, couple contenders. So we're undecided, so we don't know. But we will, we will have something soon for We'll you make it a surprise. So we will see you guys next week. Bye. Hey there, Cam here, and I just want to thank you for spending some time with Jen and I today. If you like the episode and what we're creating for you here at History Out of the Box, please give us a follow on Instagram and a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Music. This helps our podcast grow and allows our team to continue doing what we love. We appreciate your support, and we can't wait for you to hear the next episode.